Doc Manson at Doc Manson DC Matthews at the DC Matthews this is the list could it be is it possible the list the list what what the list Doc Manson at Doc Manson are we doing this Yes, yes, I guess we are, D.C. Matthews, at the D.C. Matthews. Had you said no, I would have been like, all right then, and that would have been the end, and we would have posted that. That would have been fantastic. I mean, is this episode only 17 seconds long? I kind of forgot how to list. Maybe we, uh, maybe you can kind of cover it for me. What is the shortest, like, are we allowed to post a 30-second podcast? Yeah, I don't see why not. Think of the possibilities. I will think of the possibilities. While you think of the possibilities, let me remind you and inform any new listeners, since it's been about six weeks since we did this thing, um, this is The List, the show in which we find the greatest wrestler of all time. And not just the greatest wrestler, we're ranking everybody. Do you have the document open? Yes. Oh, I don't see you in it. I'm here, but I am signed in as you. <laughs> okay, then. All right, let's see. Okay, here I am loading in there as me. You are. All right. All right. Uh, so, yes, we, uh, we have so far listed 294 professional wrestlers, which means today we will hit the 300 mark. This is episode I don't even remember. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we have a list of uh, male names. That has been randomized and not updated in good knows how long. Uh, that's still got 679 wrestlers on it. The women's list has 81 names on it. And I do believe has been updated at least to the most recent May Young Classic. All right. So uh, all I need from you, Doc Manson, actually, first thing we need yeah. is let's let's remind everyone the top 10 wrestlers as it stands right now, December 10th, 2018. At number 10, we have the rowdy one, Roddy Piper. Number 9, Kevin Owens. Number 8, the Iron Sheik. 7, Asuka. 6, the bad guy Scott Hall. 5, John Cena. Number 4, Mr. McMahon. Number 3, Macho Man, Randy Savage. Number 2, the Lionheart, Chris Jericho. And the greatest wrestler of all time is... The Undertaker. That makes sense. That's a pretty good top ten, I gotta say. Yeah, I like Uh, it. This is episode 26 of the list, which means sometime in the next six months, we'll get another four of these done. Yeah. In which case, it'll be time to reconcile the list. I mean, just looking at that top ten, some of these things maybe don't seem like the other ones. I don't know. Um, I've got one I've got one name that I looked at it, and it's been a while since I've looked at this, and I went, oh man, that person's got to come down a bit. Are you talking about Asuka? Because I'll stab you. No. <laughs> I'm speaking, of course, of Randy Savage. No, uh, actually, that was the name I was thinking as well, looking at the list at the moment. But, again, this is not yeah. a reconciliation show. No. So, so we'll we get still there. have time. We'll get there. Uh, so, Doc Manson, can I get a number, please? Number 412 off of the men's 412. List. The first name we're going to talk about in a while is Mikey Bats. That sounds familiar, actually. Not to go. That's a TNA guy, Mikey Bats. Yeah, that's a that's a guy from our TNA watching days. Is that B A T Z? No, B A T T S. Okay, and just as a reminder for those of you playing along at home, at any time you can go to ddtwrestling.com forward slash the list, and if you were actually looking at that document while we were recording, which of course you're not, but if you were, you would see these updates happening in real time. Uh, So Mikey Bats, um, an American former professional wrestler, um, let's see, currently working the independent circuit as a referee. Interesting. 
um, was in TNA in 2004, 2005, which was right in our sweet spot for when we would probably have been watching it. Wrestled in the X division. I, I don't believe had a particularly spectacular career there, but would have been on pay-per-views, which is how he got to be on the list that would become the list. Um, wrestled for WWF Developmental for a little bit, and that was about it. That was about it for Mikey Bats. So I'm trying to see a picture to see if he even strikes. Okay. He's one of those guys that was probably in those like 20-man X Division matches, the gauntlets, and he'd wrestle and lose, and that would be it. Yeah. So it Sounds like he did a lot of tag team wrestling in TNA as well. You know, mm-hmm. probably a solid hand, but not necessarily well, anything to see. write we, home Well, let's see. We about. have, you know, new people listening – um, need to be familiar with the Horner line, yep. which is in honor of Tim Horner. Currently at uh, uh, position 232 is the Horner line. He, it is indeed. And that's kind of the solid hand line. Um, looking at the names around there, Tank Toland, Rubix, Kendall Windham. I feel like we're already in, I don't think he's as good as Lash LaRue or Tyson Dukes or even Raw GM Baron Corbin. I mean, in you fairness, talk about a name that's going to be reconciled. You no, know, Tim Horner is a solid hand, but let's not forget Tim Horner was also a champion. So I can't really speak the same of Mikey Batts. Oh, I personally don't think Mikey Batts should be above the Horner line. That's what I'm saying. I'm making my argument for placing him below 232. In fact, looking at this, Sergeant Craig the Pitbull Pitman, he'd be lower than that. Um, the guys from the Spirit Squad. Well, no, wait, those are the non-good guys in the right, That's not squad. Dolph and not Kenny Dykstra. <laughs> the other okay. Spirit Squad. So maybe a little above that. Kind of that Mark Starr, Al Perez, Jungle Jim Steele area. Definitely above Leo Rush. We'll have to reconcile that because Leo Rush is now, you know, if we're considering the character. Yeah. Rush, you, you haven't seen any of this because you don't watch wrestling anymore, but he's out there going, Lashley. Lashley. Um, but yeah, I would say somewhere in that area. We're talking like 244, 245. Just pick a number. Okay. Although, again, no. Brian Christopher at 249. You want to talk about guys who should probably move up at some point. I mean, I'm just saying I know who Nydia is. <laughs> I know oh, who the other Dudleys are. Yeah, David Flair, Cheeseburger. Yeah. We could keep going lower, I suppose. Um, Jim Powers might know. Even Jim Powers, Phi Delta Slam, probably had a better TNA career than Mikey Bats. Probably. The Naturals probably had a better TNA career than Mikey, Mikey Bats. I've been watching the NXT UK. Is that on Hulu? Can you watch that on Hulu? I don't think it on... is. Oh, that's a shame. Dan Maloney, 271, is a guy who's just there. Like, I've seen no storyline. He just shows up sometimes. Okay. that's That kind of makes me feel like that was probably what Mikey Batts did in TNA. Okay. He yep. was just there. I think somewhere so. in that area could be appropriate. So, 271? Yeah, 271, Mikey Batts. 271, Mikey Batts. All right, we're off and running. Another number, please. The next number is 345. 345 brings us to... Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. It is your friend and mine, the winner, the current reigning champion, I believe, of the Triple H Ponytail Memorial Best Hair Award. Oh, yeah. It's Cassius. Oh, no. Let's pull a DDT Award plug in there somewhere. I know. The DDT Awards, in theory, will be coming up in the next 15 or so days. I think we should probably start planning some categories. Uh, yeah, Cassius Ono. Also known as Chris Hero. Formerly uh, independent. I'm dis- What's that? I'm disappointed. What? Cassius Ono. Oh, no! Thank you. You're welcome. But yeah, formerly um, Chris Hero. I mean, former tag team partner of Cesaro, right? I mean. Yes, the kings of wrestling. Yes. So a long and storied career. Let's. I mean, let's put it this way. If I'm aware of what he was doing on the independents before coming to WWE, you know he's made a name for himself, so. right? Well, and, and it's interesting because if you're only familiar with Cassius Ono, you're like, okay, he's a guy 
He wears a basketball jersey. He has luscious he's, hair. He's bitter. But I, Have you been you tasting know, Cassius Ono? No, just that's his character again. Haven't been watching. You haven't been watching. Yeah. But he's bitter with all these new guys coming in like Matt Riddle and stuff like that. Um, I like Cassius Ono. I mean, I'm looking at is, like Titus O'Neil at 149, and I'm feeling like Cassius Ono could be somewhere in that area. I hesitate oh, yeah. to go super higher, super much higher than that, only because I feel like he's one of those guys who is just in NXT. I don't feel like he he's won any particular large number of matches. I don't feel like he's doing anything important. Maybe you can tell me if that's wrong currently. Well, like I said, he he had a he technically had a match at Takeover. He got knocked out by Matt Riddle in about six seconds and lost. Mm. Um, he's one of those guys where he's either going to show up at the Royal Rumble and be a mid card guy in WWE, or he's going to become a trainer and we're not going to see him wrestle anymore. Right. And I'm actually more inclined to believe the latter of those two. Yeah. All right. So, so looking at it, you know, Luke Gallows at 122, obviously higher than Cassius Ono. Um, Mike Knox, however, at 134. Hmm. You know, we know who Mike Knox is. He wrestled in ECW, the WWE version. But Chris Hero was the guy on the independent circuit for quite a long time. And that's got to count for something. I think so. I think so. You know, I would even I would even go so far as to say it's tough because we got Bart Gunn above Acts of Demolition, which again, having not seen this list in a while, I'm like, why did we think that was a good idea? But, um, you know, I'm not going to say he's better than Mantar. <laughs> I would be interested to see him. I saw a picture just today. There was some show in the last year or so where he showed up as Brother Hero and he was dressed like Matt Hardy. And Matt Hardy was there. What was that? I don't know, but I was intrigued. I was like, where has that been all my life? Brother Nero and Brother Hero? Hmm. So I'm currently having some difficulties where I cannot interact with the spreadsheet. My browser seems to be frozen in some way. Okay. But you can continue uh, looking at names while I try to open another browser. Well, and, and, and again, here's the challenge. You know, the authors of Pain are currently the Raw Tag Team Champions, I don't think Cassius Ono has ever held held a title in NXT, nor do I think he will, or WWE for that matter. So you can make a case that they he should be below them, but at the same time, Primo and Epico are at one thirty three. You could make a case that Cassius Ono should be above them. So I'm torn. Somewhere in this one twenty five to one forty range feels right. Okay. So when you can get back in, we can discuss, you know, so like, like I said, Mantar's at 129. We all love Mantar. The Warlord at 132. Just, I know you're, you're working on something, but right now, how does that hit the year? Cassius Ono or the Warlord? I'm thinking Cassius Ono. That's kind of where I'm at too. And Cassius Ono or Bart Gunn of the Smoking Guns and Brawl for All. Again, I think I would give it to Ono. Well, then let, let's let's go crazy here. Cassius Ono or James Storm, the cowboy? I mean, I definitely think that Chris Hero has had a better WWE career than did James Storm. <laughs> well, yes. Um, and, you know, just my, my general impression of of his independent run is probably higher than James Storm's run in other promotions. Although James Storm, again, was a part of the American uh, Outlaws and Mm -hmm. as well as uh, Beer Beer Money, Money, which I enjoyed quite a bit. And both at one time. Impeccable hair. True, true. I think we're in the area. I think think around James Storm was at 125. Jason Jordan, I would put higher. Would you That's still? Then Cassius Ono? Yeah. 
Jason Jordan has held WWE gold. He's held NXT gold. Cash Itano has held none of those. Yeah, okay. All right. All right. And Jason Jordan is the son of Kurt Angle. Mm, yeah. So are we putting him above or below Luke Gallows at 122? I feel like we should go below. Okay. But again, like Dino Bravo, I would put Cassius Ono above Dino Bravo, and he was Canada's strongest man. How do you feel about Cassius Ono versus Liv Morgan at 126? Because we're getting down to it. This is granular now. Again, Liv Morgan, I really do feel like Liv Morgan has a better future than Cassius Ono. But Cassius Ono has put in 10 or so years on the independent circuit. Ten years ago, Liv Morgan was probably in middle school. I'm just thinking that Liv Morgan is one of those names that I don't think is going to change very much in the reconciliation. At least not yet. I do think she's got future potential. But I think based off of past accomplishment, I would rate Cassius Ono above. Then let's do 126. Cassius Ono, 126. And again. If people feel strongly, you know, I know Chip is a big Chris Hero fan. Chip, if you're listening and you want to plead the case for Cassius Ono, podcast at DDTWrestling.com, put reconciliation in the subject line. We will read your emails and take care of them on the show, which, like most of our special shows, usually takes many hours. All right. Another number, please. 206. 206 brings us to Hot Stuff, Eddie Gilbert. I feel like I know the name Eddie Gilbert. I feel like I need like Jeremy on speed dial because Jeremy could give us 15 minutes on Eddie Gilbert without blinking. Um, Hot Stuff, Eddie Gilbert. Hot Stuff International. I've seen some of his stuff in ECW, like early, early, early ECW. Um, You know, he was one of the big names in the territories of the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, You know, we're talking like he was, I won't say on par with Jerry Lawler, but he was a tag team champion with member of the list, Brian Christopher. Okay. Um. Yeah, he's a big, you know, he's a big name. Again, I, I don't feel like I can do him justice talking about him, but a, guys like Jeremy or Magnum or, you know, those old school wrestling fans uh, that listen to this show, again, send us an email. You know, he was a enhancement talent in WWF for a, a small bit of time, but... Uh, so what are you yeah, thinking? wrestled. I... It's hard to say because there are other names like that. I would put him above Cassius Ono, truthfully. Um, but again, it's hard to compare. You know, I, I kind of feel like I'm not saying they're comparable, but he's kind of in Johnny Ace territory. Hmm. You know, he had a career that you and I are probably not super familiar with. Um He was a guy that you would talk about in the same way you would talk about Dutch Mantel if Dutch Mantel hadn't done any of his Zeb Coulter stuff. Hmm. All right. So I would say. I mean, he's got a long list of gold. I mean, champion yeah. everywhere he went. I'm going to say I would consider putting him, and this is generous for me, but I'm sure the people listening who know him are going to cringe. I would say right around 100, like Joey Ryan, Mr. Kennedy territory. I'm not going to say he was as good as Funaki. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, Want to put him right at 100? I'm going to put him right at 100. Eddie Gilbert at 100. Above the rosy line. I'm, Jeremy, I'm counting on you to let us know how we did. I'm sure you're going to say he should be in the top 60 or something like that. But that's Christy Hemi, and I can't do that to uh, Doc Manson. It's true. All right. I'm going to trust you to switch lists at your discretion. All right. Give me a number, please. 538. 
eight. Oh man. I don't know how many uh, wrestlers were also porn stars, but Val Venus pulled it off, and he is next on our list. Was Val Venus actually a porn star? I don't believe so, but that was the character mm. that he was given. Hmm. He wrestled in Mexico with a robot mask and gimmick and was named Steel. Now I want to see if there's a picture of that. Let us let us also remember him as having perhaps the greatest Titantron entrance of all time. The oil yeah, erupting from the ground, yeah. the train yeah, entering like, to the mountain. He's wearing like a helmet and yeah. Yeah. Let's try to forget how Kai and Tai tried to choppy choppy his pee pee. Do you, samurai sword. Are you sure you want to forget that? Well, I just mentioned it, so clearly I don't. Mm. And then mm. and then interesting and then interestingly, you know, dropped that gimmick and joined right to censor. You know, and then became Chief Morley. So, you know, did a whole switcheroo and got rid of that only to return to you know, it, it it's interesting. So he was the porn star. Then he was part of Right to Censor. Then he went back to being a porn star. And then he went back to being like an authority guy. So, I mean, he always seemed very, um, very solid in the ring. I, I seem to remember always being entertained when Val Venus was on my television. Yeah, he was very good. His, his work in the ring was very good. He was one, one of the moves I liked of his was he would Irish whip a guy and he would follow him in and knee him in the ropes and then Irish whip him again and run after him and knee him in the ropes. Like, he had his, the money shot, which was his splash, was very good. You know, I liked Val Venus a lot. And now he is known as Captain Cannabis. Is he still wrestling? No. But he's an advocate for the legalization of marijuana and runs his own business. Good for him. So, I like Val Venus a lot. Um, let's find out how much I like him. Off, Just off the top of your head, here's a name that's just in my window. Val Venus or Chad Gable? Who look surprisingly alike now that I've put them together in my mind. Just put Chad Gable in a towel. Uh, I'm going to go with Val Venus. He has a towel. Betty Willing Gable. Not around his waist. <laughs> no, but I'm telling you. Okay. Like, the similarities uh, are almost eerie. Uh, you're going to say Val Venus. Val Venus or Alberto Del Rio? Val Venus all day long? Val Venus or Heidenreich? I'm going to go with Val Venus. Val Venus or. You know what? Tatanka. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna jump ahead here. I'm gonna go Val Venus over. Okay, we're yeah, we're starting to. Okay, okay, yeah. I think yep. Over Shark Boy at sixty-two. Wow. All right. Uh, Brian Pillman is that Brian Pillman Billy Gunn? I tend to hesitate. Well, we're but... still below. We're below Brian and even, Pillman. And even Drew McIntyre. Yeah. I'm not sure that I would do that based on Drew Mac. What Drew McIntyre's been doing. But I would go for Val Venus at 62 above Sharkboy. That's only, a team I wish we had seen. My only hesitation here is, are we really going to place Val Venus a couple spots above Two Cold Scorpio? Two Cold Scorpio was an innovator in the ring. You could make a case that Val Venus was an innovator in, because while, you know, they were in the midst of the Attitude Era, the the puns he was pushing boundaries right play, and the word play that Val I I would go with Val Venus over all right two cold Scorpio I'm happy sixty two number sixty two we just ranked Val Venus well above Eddie Gilbert I love you Jeremy and I'm sorry another number please all right we're gonna switch over to the women's wrestling list for I'm our ready. first pick it is number. 53 number 53 on the women's list is a wrestler that i don't know if you have seen but i think you would really like sue young 
Oh yeah, I like Su Young. I like Su Young quite a bit. Um, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I've, I'm very, I'm not very familiar, but I am familiar with some of her work in uh, Impact Wrestling. I like her ongoing feud that she's had um, with Rosemary of the Decay, or formerly of the Decay, and more recently, I think Allie. Uh, you know, she's got this whole supernatural sort of um, Asian doll gimmick i don't know if doll is the right term or concubine or yeah i know it's geisha yeah but i feel like it goes more than that so i I don't know hard to say but yeah and she's good she's a good wrestler she's solid she's got a, a strong gimmick um you know she was one of those people actually who i believe i drafted in the last ddt uh community draft because i like so young quite a bit I'm trying to figure out, because if you do an image search for Sue Young, it looks like you're looking at two different people because there's, there is the, you know, the face paint, the kind of crazy hair, wild eyed look. And then there is this very, you know, very pretty smiling, you know, girl posing on the ring ropes. And I'm like, these are the same people, but... You know, I'm trying to figure out when this character began. She was part of the WWE developmental system. She was a babyface for Shine in 2012. I'm trying to see, does it say where this came? Was it just in TNA? I don't know. That's the only way that I am familiar with her in this particular gimmick. Let's see. Riggs made her debut for main event championship wrestling as a villainous under the name Sue Young. So maybe that's where that character is from, but I, I don't actually know. I that's something I would be interested in researching because that is such a it's such a striking look, and I'm assuming you know she had undead bridesmaids at one point. Yep. So interesting. Uh, so where where do you thinking for Sue Young? Because you know her better. I'm, than I am I. just going to go ahead and say uh, she is married to fellow professional wrestler Rich Swan. And so I believe Rich Swan is already on the list. The uh, the bit of hubbub of related to Rich yes. Swan's end of his uh, you know tenure with the WWE was related uh, to yes. her in some way. Did they did they split or are they still together? They are still together. They are still together. Um, so yeah, Sue Young. In my mind, I think I'm only thinking this because I just recently was looking at the name. Um, where is well, Caitlyn the on this one. list? Let's get the obvious one out of the way. Sue Young or Rich Swan? Who's higher? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I would say Sue Young, but that's it's not it's not necessarily due to accomplishments. I mean, it depends on how you rank things, right? Do you do you sure. consider the cruiserweight title more important than the impact knockout title? Um, I personally would say the knockout title has a longer lineage and yeah. te- and honestly, impacts women's championship. Not only it has that long lineage, and not only is it a long lineage, but mo- a, I would say a good portion of that lineage is made up of good wrestling. Let us not forget that mm-hmm. back when that company was TNA, back when the WWE was lost in the years of, of the Diva Championship, TNA still legitimately had good female wrestlers, and it is that belt which shares lineage with the Impact uh, Knockout impact knockout championship so so what you're saying is we talk about sue young in the same breath as gail kim when we consider that title we talk about rich swan in the same breath as we talk about enzo amore when we're considering the i mean title. it sounds kind of strange to hear you put it that way again just knowing that, that 205 live and the cruiserweight championship has has the heft of the wwe behind them and certainly in terms of company success the wwe uh, you know, simply dwarfs impact wrestling uh, in every sense of the word. But uh, yeah, I don't know. In terms of the actual quality and lineage of that title, I, I do think that maybe it is more prestigious. Mm-hmm. Well, Rich Swan is ranked 169th. Caitlin is ranked 66th. So if you're considering her in Kate with Caitlin, we're going pretty high. Now, granted, Emma is 69th. I'm not sure if you're going to put Sue Young above Emma. Hmm. Yeah, I might not. And, and I was just I just wanted Caitlin to know where she was as sort of a barometer for me. 
Sure. Um. <clears throat> so yeah, I would say Sue Young. Okay, looking at that at sixty six, she's gonna be below that. She's and I think she's gonna be below Emma at sixty nine. Mm-hmm. And again, we don't want to compare just women to just women. The great Kali is at ninety two. I think Stacy Keebler's at ninety. I think we're going above great Kali for sure. I mean, I'm tempted to go above Alberto Del Rio as well. That's fine by uh, me. Again, I really do think that there is something to the lineage of that championship. Well, let's, and they really let's did sort of hang their division on Su Young for a little while last year. Moving directly above Alberto Del Rio, you've got Maria Canellis, Yuji Nagata of New Japan, Tori Wilson, and Cowboy Bob Orton. The only name on that list that you're going to get me to pause on is Cowboy Bob Orton because of his legacy and, you know, but, career. Okay, yes, but Mikey Whipwreck is 79. I think that is more of a reflection <laughs> on Mikey Whipwreck status than... Yeah, I mean, and, and, and you know, 79 is with Mikey Whipwreck and... 76 is awesome kong and i don't think sue young reaches uh the awesomeness that was awesome kong's tna uh run so we're getting in there is above or below rank. the question to me becomes what are we looking for tori wilson maria canales and stacy keebler are all huge names they were on magazine covers they were the, you know, the face of WWE for a while. Like, Tori Wilson and Stacey Keebler were on pay-per-view posters. Yes. Now, they were on there for a specific reason, but they were on posters. Maybe Sue Young has been a poster child for TNA. I believe so. And, and, oh. and you know, beyond that, though, um, I do think that, okay, so yes, we're sort of in that poster child range in the list. And, and you're actually convincing me that Sue Young should be above that because I want to reward the actual wrestling talent that I'm seeing. Because I think the act that, you know, the, the actual wrestling, I think, does cause a person to pull above that sort of section of the list. Um, so I, I, I actually think above that is appropriate. That's just fine. What? Where are we going then? Give me a number. I like... I like 81. Right above the fabulous Moolah. All righty. Sue Young, 81. And below Heidenreich. Well, I think we just tie that in. Like, this becomes the Heidenreich. Because, let me tell you, if you want to talk power couples, we never got the chance to see Heidenreich reading poetry to his undead bride, Sue Young. Oh, I didn't know I wanted this until right now. That's what I'm saying. Oh, man. I want... Another number. The next number from the list is 425. 425. It's going to be a good day. Where on the list do you put Jean-Paul Levesque, a.k.a. Terrorizing, a.k.a. Triple H? I don't know who that is. (laughs) Well, let me tell you. Uh, trained for Killer Kowalski's school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Triple H, the COO, the brain, the supposed, you know, brainchild or the creator of the brainchild that was NXT, the however many time world champion, winner of how many Royal Rumbles, wrestling at how many WrestleManias. This is Triple H. Mm, this is going to be a difficult conversation, actually, because Triple H is highly decorated. Yes. And, you know, I will say that I think he is largely deserving of being decorated. But the extent to which he has been celebrated over the years, I think in some ways outpaced his talent. All righty. Do you agree or disagree with that statement? Triple H, for the majority of his WWE career, 
was one of the guys. I don't know of a time where he was ever the guy. Like, you look at some, you know... I'm not sure if you were watching during the Triple H, like, reign of terror. Evolution. But wasn't there wasn't that when there was two brands and there was also John Cena or there was also Chris Benoit and Shawn Michaels was still around and the Undertaker sure, was still around? Sure, sure. But I mean and that's sort of what I'm talking about. Like they were building him up to be the biggest deal, but he never really felt like the biggest deal. He always felt like Plus that was when He always felt like the guy that they were focusing on because they no longer had Steve Austin. They no longer yes. had The Rock. They no longer had... Don't get me wrong. They still had lots of those big names that you just mentioned. But it always yeah. seemed like he was made to be bigger than he was. And, you know, this is maybe sort of putting some of that... I don't know. I think the internet thinks far more favorably of Triple H these days than it did back in the day. Oh, definitely. Uh, mostly probably due to his, you know, success with NXT. But you have to look at this guy, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, uh, you know, was it the Blue Blood or whatever? Um, Not Blue Blood, is that right? He was, there was a team in WCW called the Blue Bloods that he was probably, he was associated with uh, William Regal for a while when he was in All I'm saying is, he was a solid mid-carder at best strong gimmick you know and and certainly he he has a very impactful style of wrestling that he's developed over the years that can be exciting to watch but i think the general sentiment particularly online back during you know those evolution days was this guy was essentially a nobody till he started dating the boss's daughter um and i think a good portion of his success was because of that as opposed to anything else um now that said i do feel like he has since gone on to prove that he is capable of carrying that mantle but i don't know that he ever organically gained that respect or at least i think he he didn't organically gain it before they were forcing it upon us you know but i feel like he has it now i think I think he gained it at the tail end of that. The Macy's balloon phase, which would be the evolution phase where he was just bloated beyond belief. Um, But I think when we're talking his matches with The Undertaker, WrestleMania 27, WrestleMania 28, kind of the tail end of his full-time run when he started becoming more of an authority figure, I think that was when it kind of turned around. And maybe that was, you know, that wasn't quite the NXT moments but it was near enough um having said that looking at this list to me there is a clear place that he belongs okay and that would be number six because our top five is taker jericho savage mcmahon and cena i would put him below all of those but above the rest of the top 10 scott hall oscar iron sheik kevin owens roddy piper I agree. Yeah. I, I, you know, it was one of those things I looked at the list and was like, we can debate triple. And I think we'll continue to debate him as names like the rock and stone cold and Shawn Michaels appear. But right now it's just those top five are going to be probably in the top five conversation for a very long time. Triple H is again, he's not one of the Mount Rushmore guys, but he's, he's one of the top guys of that next tier. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Oddly enough, I would consider him to be much like he didn't he call Daniel Bryan like a B plus player sort of. He thing. did, yes. He's 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 not in the top echelon, but he's one of the top guys of that second tier. I'd say he's an A minus so. player. Well, depending on how you grade a B plus and an A minus can only be one or two points there away. There you go. All right, Triple H, number six. I should have been writing this down. Dang one hundred and one. <laughs> Oh, no. 101. It's so fun. 
Uh, one hundred and one again. Dalmatians. We we would call the we would need to call the uh, the Jeremy line. Uh, this is Jimmy Garvin, a member of the Freebirds. I don't know who that is, but I've heard of the Freebirds. They have a rule. Yes. Yes, but if I had asked you before this to tell me who was in the Freebirds. Oh yeah, no idea. You would have probably said Michael P.S. Hayes and friends. I would have been very impressed with myself if I could have named Michael P.S. Hayes. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but yes, Michael P.S. Hayes, or Jimmy Garvin, uh, otherwise known as gorgeous Jimmy Jam Garvin. Jimmy Jam! Began wrestling in 1968. Good for you. Wow. Um, Terry Gordy. Oh, bam, bam, Terry Gordy. But yes, uh, you know, his he's going to be best known for his work as part of the Freebirds, one of the great tag teams and stables of all time. Um, again, I feel I feel bad because I don't have a whole lot to say about him because I watched his work in the Freebirds, and he's good. Um, you know, <laughs> he was a decent wrestler, but. I always thought he was the least excited. You know, Michael P.S. Hayes had the charisma, had the strut, had all of that. Terry Gordy was a monster of a man um, who did some moves that you didn't expect a guy that size to do. And Jimmy Garvin was the other one. My apologies to any of you who are Jimmy Garvin fans, but that's just how I took it. So I'm not, you know, you can see the, the lineage. You can see the list of things that he has you know won himself a lot of things in florida a lot of you know nwa wcw gold with the Freebirds. but um, i have even less to say than you do i i again i feel bad but the only thing i'm really familiar with probably is uh his induction to the hall of fame you know like sure i'm gonna say now I guess the question is, should we put the Freebirds together? Should we, you know, should we talk about Michael P.S. Hayes separately? You know, Terry Gordy had a career in Japan that you're not going to be super familiar with. Michael Hayes had his, you know, his work in creative and being Doc Hendricks, the announcer in the 90s. But, yeah. All right. Let's 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 just pick something. I'm going to say, um, I am going to say he is going to go at 140 above Lars Sullivan, but below Mike Knox. Where? 140. Okay. Above Lars Sullivan. I'm fine with that. But below Mike okay. Knox, and I'm just going to encourage someone. Again. Do you think this me, is the sort of thing though? That maybe we should be, because you just said it. Maybe we should be ranking them as a group. So I feel like, I feel like the fabulous Freebirds. Again, I don't actually know. You can tell me I'm wrong, but I sort of feel like you could talk about them in the same breath as the Rock and Roll Express. There, and the Rock and the Roll Freebirds Express are, the only tag team. are at number twenty six on this list. The Freebirds are the only team that I know of that legit has a rule. They were the first group that was like, we're going to hold tag team gold and any two of us can show up to wrestle. Yeah. I think that's cool and so, innovative. Then the, let's put them together. In which case, yeah, I would the, I would say the Freebirds are probably in the top 20, maybe the lower half of the top, you know, the lower parts You're going to put the, the fabulous Freebirds just... above your wrestling god. John Bradshaw Layfield at number 21? I don't know anyone who subscribes to, who follows the JBL rule in wrestling. They were such... Yeah, but almost everybody were, subscribes to the JBL rule of tweeting, which is, you know, just be an asshole all the time. True, but it does, it's not named. Ah, okay. it's not I just coined it, I think. All right, yeah. I would say I would say number 20. Literally, sorry, Chavo, you're out of the top 20. Uh, the, the original number one Reigns of the list is now out of the top 20. I think that's only fair. I, I'm actually, I think, down with that. I think that's a fair placement. 
All right. In which case, the fabulous Freebirds, the 20th greatest wrestlers of all time. In which case... We can get a bunch of people off that list. I was going to say, let's get Michael P.S. Hayes, who is at 598. He's gone. Let's get Terry Gordy, who is 628. He's gone. All right. All right. Well, in which case, I think I am going to... Since we just did a whole bunch of people sort of all at once, I'm going to go ahead over to uh, the female list. And let's go in for number... 61. It's a good show. Is it? Yeah. I'm very stratified with this. Oh. Are you, uh... Are you, uh... I have no more puns. No, it's Killer Oh, weird. No, just kidding. It is, in fact, Trish Trish Stratus. Stratus. Wow. I know you've never been particularly impressed with Trish Stratus. I know you don't think she's a particularly great wrestler. But I feel like I will I will freely admit, I will freely admit the match that she had with Jackie Gata that was just terrible was right around the time I really stopped watching full time. So a lot of Trish Stratus's career was during the time that I'm wasn't watching. And now that I'm coming up, I'm down to like maybe twelve or less episodes of WCW before I'm done with that show, with that brand, until I decide to watch Thunder. Uh, I might go back and do The Lost Years, and maybe I will have a deeper appreciation for Trish Stratus. There's no denying she she's a Hall of Famer. She, you know, I would say that clean. Trish Stratus yes. is probably the most celebrated women's wrestler in the history of the WWE. Including Charlotte. You don't think Charlotte's already eclipsed I think Charlotte... I think Charlotte probably has eclipsed her, but history has not caught up with that yet. You know what I mean? Okay. That's probably fair. Well, it's it's history, and then there's the WWE version of history. Right. The WWE version of history wants you to believe that Charlotte Flair has been wrestling for 30 years and is a million-time champion. Okay. She is, what, seven-time, I want to say? Something like that. Yeah, seven-time women's champion, one-time hardcore champion, babe of the year. Let us not forget. Oh, man. I mean, you know, she was involved in so many of those big moments of the Attitude Era. Um, they're not necessarily ones that the company would necessarily celebrate now. I was going to say, like, I remember her barking like a dog. Being stripped awful. in the ring and barking like a dog. Um, what was it? Like, Triple H was, like, looking like he was humping her and Stephanie walked in or something. Oh, was that? No, that was Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle at one point was, like, teaching Stephanie, like, a hammer lock. Sure. Like, um, let's not forget Trish Stratus, um, you know, carting around TNA. Linda McMahon as part of that angle for a long period of time. And then let's not forget about, you know, really her last great feud as she retired from the full-time roster. Uh, that was the introduction of Mickey James, and that is one of the all-time great, great stories. Feud. I do remember watching that. And that was very excellent, good. right? I mean, yeah, I mean, she's she evolved to be an excellent wrestler, an excellent storyteller. She had the look. She had the capacity to be the type of performer that they needed both in the Attitude Era and as they began to move away into the more PG era. She was flexible in more ways than one is all I'm saying. Well, so you're pleading this case. Asuka currently is sitting at number eight. Are you saying she should be higher than that? I am definitely saying she should be higher than Asuka, yes. Is this going to be the first show since the first show that we put multiple people in the top ten? It looks like it might be. It might be. All right. Well, if Asuka's eighth, let's just go up the list, Trish Stratus or Scott Hall. Personally, Trish Stratus.
I think you can make a case for Scott Hall, what with the defection to WCW and the birth of the NWA. I agree. You can make but, a case. But I think you might be right. Are you putting her above Triple H or is she number seven? That's where it gets a little dicier. I mm, I don't think she breaks into the top five. John Cena holds the line at five, I think, far too strongly for Trish Stratus yes. to move past him. Yep. And I would I would venture to say it's interesting that the two members of the top ten both got there by at least storyline wise having sex with McMahons. True. <laughs> but again, here's the here's the one argument I'm gonna make for Trish Stratus. In terms of their female competitors, as we already said, Triple H was a B plus A minus. Trish Stratus was their A plus. That is a very good argument to make. Trish Stratus at one point was the mm-hmm. women's wrestler. Triple H at no point that I'm aware of was the correct men's that's, wrestler. That's pretty much where I, I would leave it. Okay. All right. Well, Triple H, I hope you enjoyed your number six position for all three names or whatever it was that we got to. You spent about 15 minutes in the number six <laughs> position. And now, sir, you have been supplanted. Trish Stratus is on top of you, Triple H. Trish Stratus is on top of you. Hey, nobody's complaining. All right. I think that brings us to this episode of List. We're not going to top that. No. No, this was an act. Trish Stratus, the Freebirds, and Triple H. This was a grand way. It really was to kick to kick back off the list because now we clearly aren't going to take any more breaks. Clearly, clearly, just we're just going to record weekly for the rest of our lives until we run out of names to put onto this list. Well, that's true. Uh, did we hit three hundred? We are actually at three hundred two. We only put eight names on the list, but what names they were. Uh, anything else you would like to say, Doc Manson, before we head out into that? If you'd like night. to check out the current state of the list, you can do so by going to ddtwrestling.com forward slash the list. If you'd like to send us your thoughts, if you think, again, that Trish Stratus has been placed too high on this list and the fabulous Freebirds too low, you can do so by sending us an email at podcast at ddtwrestling.com. And finally, if you like what you've heard and how could you, head on over to patreon.com forward slash DDT wrestling to throw a couple of shekels towards our way. And just maybe that will keep us recording on a weekly basis. We can be bought, folks. We can be bought. The Freebirds were in the top 20 for one name. (laughs) And now they're 21. Oh, poor Freebirds. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. And until we meet again, my friends, the undertaker is still the greatest wrestler of all time.